Hey family, thank you so much for joining us here on our YouTube channel. We pray that this sermon touches your heart and changes your life, that you and I would all be conformed into the image of His Son, Jesus. And hey, if you wanna to continue to see more word like this and help us get this message of truth, this message of Jesus out to a hurting world. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. I wanna encourage you to be one of our truth partners. And you can do that by texting truth partner, one word, to 53555 today. And help us get this message of truth out to so many broken people. You and I and the whole world simply need Jesus. We love you. Thank you for being a truth partner. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon. Subscribe, ring that bell for future notifications. God bless you. I praise one more time. And then I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew. And I feel the presence of the Lord in here. Thank you, Jesus. The measure of your life, how you measure your life. The measure of your life is faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. How many of you want to be faithful? The measure of your life is not your checking account. The measure of your life is not, not that God doesn't want you to be blessed. More than enough. He's the God of El Shaddai. God does not want you to be poor at all. But that's not the measure of your life. The measure of your life is faithfulness. That we live to hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. How many of you want to hear that one day? That's what we live for. Don't forget it. With all the distractions of life and things pulling on you, live for those words. Write them on your heart. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How many of you are a servant today? If you're, how many of you are a servant? You want to be a servant? If you're not wanting to be a servant, there's no openings for you in the kingdom of heaven. That's the only position that's available is to serve Jesus with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength and be more like Jesus every day. Isn't that simple? Wow, what a simple sermon. Be more like Jesus every day. So we are more like him because we're inundated with the opinions of others. And Satan knows, for many of us, he cannot get us to compromise on our values. And if he can't get us to compromise on our values, he'll try to get us to extend our values to the point that we try to operate in them outside of the spirit of Christ. And I don't want you to operate in your values outside of the spirit of Christ. You don't need to be a Facebook politician. Be like Jesus. Come on, somebody. 
don't, don't be hateful. Don't get in everybody's fight. Don't let people pull you into their hate. Pull them into your peace. Pull them into your love. Pull them into Jesus. Amen? And for all of you young people in social media, we tend to want to measure our life based on likes. And when we do that, we literally create a system where we look for the approval of other people in order to make our decisions. And if enough people don't like it, then we're not going to do it. And next year, don't make decisions based on what people like or don't like. If God called you to do it, he will fund it. He will minister to it. He will make it happen. Remember what I taught you last week? Man has nothing to do with God's promise. So don't base your life based on the likes of people. Just because somebody liked your post doesn't mean they like you. And we have a generation that's growing in comparison. Paul tells us don't compare yourself to each other. If you do, you'll become jealous and bitter. Bitterness is so destructive in a person's life and jealousy in many ways is the mother of bitterness. And people who get jealous are people who don't believe God has anything for them. But if you knew God had some for you, you wouldn't care what God gave other people. Amen? If you knew God had a spouse for you and you're single, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be bitter when you saw your friend get engaged because you knew God had some for you. You could celebrate when God gave a child to somebody. You could celebrate when somebody got engaged. You could celebrate when somebody is blessed because you know God has something for you. Don't compare yourself to people. Only compare yourself to who you used to be. Amen? Amen? And every year, grow more like Jesus. Become more like Jesus. What's your destiny? For those the Lord foreknew, he also predestined, destined that they would be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus. Your destiny is to be like Jesus. Make sure your children know their destiny and fuel their destiny. Fund their destiny. Invest in their destiny. What's their destiny? To be like Jesus, not just to make a bunch of money, not just to have a bunch of degrees, not just to play sports, not just to, all that stuff is wonderful. It's all fantastic. It's not their destiny. Their destiny is more eternal than that. Your destiny is bigger than that. Your destiny is to be like the Lord. You think I care, you've got millions of dollars and you're my child and you don't know Jesus? You think it matters to me that you got more degrees than a thermometer and you're not like the Lord? I want you to be like Jesus. I want you to love like Jesus, forgive like Jesus, speak like Jesus. That's their destiny. Amen? Learn to forgive. It's so important. And when it comes to forgiveness, you know, the Bible talks about that, that we ought to forgive others as we want God to forgive us. Forgive us as we forgive others, right? That's an important thing to understand because that's a warning that you set the standard of how you are forgiven in life. Forgive me like I forgive other people. Do you forgive other people well? Because you're asking God to forgive you like you forgive others. Which is actually something to really consider because that means you set the standard of forgiveness in your life. You receive the forgiveness you give. 
Wow. Praise the Lord. Now we need to pray that prayer again. Everybody say, Jesus, help me to be really good at forgiving people. Come on. Don't look at me. Say this. Say, Jesus, help me be really good at forgiving people. That's a good thing. Amen? Some of you are bitter. You're too young to be bitter. How can you be 25 and bitter? You haven't lived long enough to be. If you don't learn to start flushing your heart, you're not even going to make it to 40. 50, 60. You, you, you're going to be, you've got to learn to let it go. They don't call it, they don't call it bitter young men or angry young men. It's bitter old men. It's angry old men. Because if you don't learn to flush your heart as you age, it keeps you young and sexy when you forgive. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. That's right. Praise the Lord. Bitterness makes you very unattractive. So Matthew six twenty two. It says the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, the whole body is full of light. Let's read that again. The lamp of the body is the eye. Everybody say it's the eye. And if the eye is good, the whole body is full of light. But if the eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. This is talking about focus. How many of you want to be focused next year? Focused. My kids will come to me and say, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? I say, we can do anything. We can't do everything. What are we going to focus on? And you just got to realize you didn't get saved just to get to heaven. You got saved so God could get heaven in you and get the hell out of you and me. Our hellish thinking and hellish responses and hellish words and the way we speak to people because all the words you speak come from your heart. All the words that you speak come from your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when God changes your heart, he changes your language. Moves you from cursing. Don't curse. Cursing is Satan's language. It's demonic language. Why do you think they always use our God's name when they curse? Jesus Christ this and, and, and God blankety blank. They don't use Buddha. How come you don't cuss with Buddha's name and Allah's name? How come Hollywood don't put their God's names in cursing? Why is it always our God? Because it's demonic and taking the name of the Lord in vain. Why do they always use, why is Jesus Christ with curse words the most popular curse word? Why is God blankety blank the, the words that people curse with? Because it's demonic. You don't, see, you don't see him use other God's names. Come on. You don't hear Hollywood or anybody. None of you use other, they, they use other God's names when they curse. They use our God. So don't, don't curse to your children. I have to tell you this because some of your kids curse. In kids ministry. And they curse because they're cursed at. So don't curse at your children. Bless them. 
They're the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. They are children of the king, sons and daughters of Jesus. Come on, amen. Don't curse at your children. We need to get all the hellish response and it changes our language because criticism and complaining is Egyptian language. It's when you're in bondage. And the Bible says, do not let gossip or criticism even be named among you. This is in the New Testament. Do not let gossip, everybody say gossip, or criticism be named among you. No, God didn't give the gift of criticism to anybody. I got the gift of criticism, praise God. No, no, you don't. Oh, my gift's to point out what's wrong with the church. No, 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 no. No, that's not your job. You're not anointed. Yeah, I'm a deconstructionist. My job is to go on YouTube and tear down people and minister. No, 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 no. Don't watch that stuff. That's demonic. Don't, don't support people that tear down the kingdom. God didn't gift anybody with the gift of criticism and gossip. We have the gift of uplifting one another, reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation, healing, peace, joy, unity. These are the things of Jesus. Amen? The book of James says um, that no man can tame the tongue. The only way you can control the tongue is by changing your heart. So if, if you find yourself being critical all the time of people or your family or your husband, your wife, your children, your coworkers, your church or anything, you gotta ask God to change your heart. That only comes by spending time with him, picking up your cross daily. Everybody say daily. If you wanna be my disciple, you must first deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. This is the life of a Christian. You don't become a great Christian because you listen to podcasts. You don't become a great Christian just because you went to church conferences and people anointed you. You have to spend time in the presence of God to be like him. Amen. And this creates liberty in your heart because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where he's not, there is bondage. And if the lamp of the eye is focused, is focused. One thing, everybody say one thing. One thing of I desire of the Lord, and that may I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The song of the redeemed is one thing have I desired, and it fuels your heart, and it fuels your spirit, and you're not confused. I don't have a confusing life. Well, I gotta serve God. Oh, I gotta preach to the people. Oh, I gotta serve my family. Oh, I gotta serve my spouse. Oh, I gotta serve my community. No, everything in life is served by me serving God. When I put God first, he works out my marriage. When I put God first, all of my children are blessed. When I put God first, he works out everything in my finances. When I put God first and I honor him and I go to him in prayer, he works everything out. You, mean, you, know how, you know how you try and work it out? Let me tell you the word you use when you are trying to do it. You know the word you use? Balance. This is the word, this is you trying to figure it out. Balance, is, you won't find balance in here. Find balance in here and I'll shut up. You're gonna find balance in here. Tell me balance when all the apostles were martyred. Read how they died. Most of you don't even know how the disciples died. You should read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Every one of you. 
should read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. You'll get into the second chapter and you'll even question if you're saved when you read how these men and women died. Teenagers died, little kids died because they knew the Lord's Prayer and they refused to announce Jesus. And you go, why, I'm complaining over what? You'll question whether or not you even love the Lord when you see the faith that was imparted in your hands by people who shed their own blood for it. The gospel is drenched in blood. Come on, can somebody say amen about that? These people you read, do you know how Mark died? Do you know how Peter died? Do you know how John, do you know how these people? Do you know what happened to John? Do you, do you know how Matthias died? Do you, have you ever read it? Do you know how Luke died? Do you know how Matthew died? And this moves you into the right heart and the right mindset of denying yourself, picking up your cross and being like Jesus. And the freedom of the Lord, single-minded. It's not balance. It's when I serve him and I go to him, he works everything out in my life. People say, how do you raise eight kids? I don't know, Jesus. Just watch my twins for 10 minutes. And you'll be like, it's Jesus. It's Jesus does it. I don't know how, I, I don't know how to do it. How do you raise eight kids? I don't know. Jesus. How does Pastor Joanne stay married to me? Jesus. She has to have a lot of Jesus. She's got to pray several, several hours just to stay married to me. Amen? And you put your affection on him and your adoration and your passion on him, fully equipped then to be a husband, pastor, leader, father. And I love this about Solomon. Um, Solomon is a young man. You guys know the story. He's a young man. He desired to be the king. And he goes to bed one night and he realizes that I don't know what I'm doing. I need God's wisdom. How many of you need God's wisdom? God's wisdom. And let me say something about this because this is very important for you to know. Your dreams are subjective. And they're often shaped by our own values. And I believe that we sow into our dreams. Hear me. We sow into our dreams and we contribute to our dreams that the last day language of the Holy Spirit is visions and dreams. That only, I think like only two people in the Bible God ever spoke to audibly. Everybody else in that Bible he spoke to in a vision or a dream. That in the last day, saith God in Joel, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men and old men shall dream dreams. Visions and dreams is the last day language of the Holy Spirit. And the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit. Visions and dreams. How many of you want to have visions and dreams? Visions and dreams. Well, you partner with God on your dreams. You can't look at pornography and then expect to see Jesus in a dream. You can't watch horror films and then expect God to speak to your destiny in a dream. You, you sow into your dreams. If you watch pornography, you'll have pornography in your dreams. 
If you watch horror films, you'll have nightmares in your dreams. Why? Because you sewed into it. Many people just think their dreams are like, well, whatever, I can live however, and my dreams are just whatever. No, 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 no. You, you have a part in what happens in your dreams. Am I helping anybody in here today? You need to partner with God in your dreams. Well, I don't have any dreams of God. Are you partnering with God in your dreams? Are you sowing into your dreams? What do you do 60 minutes before you go to bed? Do you turn the worship music on? Do you start reading the word of God? Do you start putting your heart and your mind on the things of God? Or are you just gonna waste one third of your life? God wants to speak to you in visions and in dreams. And you sow into them. You partner with God in your dreams. And Solomon did this. He had a passion for God. And he went to God and said, God, I don't know what I'm doing. And Solomon said, I, I want my heart to be towards you while I'm awake. And I don't know what to do. And I need God, I need God's input in my heart. And he goes to sleep. He goes to sleep. And God comes to him in a dream. Read it in 1 Kings. It says that, that God came to him in a dream. And God said, I love you. And he said, I'll give you anything you want. Anything. This is all in the dream. What a dream. And God says, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want? And he goes, I want wisdom. Wow. Why did he want wisdom? Because he went to bed going, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How many of you right now have things that you don't know what to do? Come on, raise your hand. You got the decision to make. You don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do. Do you go to bed at night with your head on your pillow saying, God, I don't know what to do. I need you to speak to me. I need you to tell me. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I don't know what to do with my child. I don't know what to do with my marriage. I don't know what to do with this business or the home or whatever it is. God, speak to me. Give me your wisdom. Is this the prayer you pray when you go to sleep at night? Or are we on our phones watching Instagram reels of how to make food we don't need to eat and things, knives that cut through a shoe. You don't need a knife that cuts through a shoe. Where's our heart? God came to him and said, because you asked for wisdom and not money and fame, he says, I'll give you all of it. Think of this with me for a moment. He's in a dream. God comes to him in a dream and asks him a question. And Solomon answers the question in the dream. And God changed the course of his destiny through a conversation he had with God in a dream. Not while he was awake. That you can talk to God and God can talk to you. That God could ask you a question and you could answer it with your heart 
in a dream and God would honor it. When was the last time God asked you a question and you answered it in a dream and it changed your life? If you knew you could talk to God at night and God talked to you, if you knew God could ask you questions and you could answer it in a dream and he would, he would do it, would it change the way you go to sleep? Would it make you value your time with him before you lay your head down at night? Before you prepare for seven hours and just go, I just woke up, what'd you do? I don't know, I just, nothing. Day after day, week after week, month after month, nothing, 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 nothing. And then you realize you do nothing to partner with God in your dreams. It just wrecked me to think that I could have a conversation with God and that God would come to me knowing my heart, knowing what I went to sleep asking for, and that I could talk to him in a dream and he would do it when I was awake. That this is New Year's Eve. That at 12.01, if you're awake, I won't be awake. I'm at the age, you know, I get it up in the hospital if I'm awake that long. But if you're awake at 12.01 and you go to your window and you look out the window, it'll be dark. But your clock says it's morning because the morning starts at night. Tomorrow starts tonight. If you go all the way to Genesis and you read it when he made everything in Genesis, it says, and the evening and the morning was the first day. It doesn't say morning and evening. It says evening and morning. And the evening and the morning was the second day. And the evening and the morning was the third day. Why? Because with God, tomorrow starts tonight. It starts at night. It starts while you're asleep. The first of your day is when you're asleep. Let him talk to you while you're asleep and talk to him. Could your heart be so focused? How do you get that kind of conversation with God? Single-minded, single-focused. My, my heart, my eye is full of light. Now you can make decisions because you have the peace of God, the wisdom of God. How many of you right now, if you knew God spoke to you, you could do and move the decision and move without fear? How many of you would love to live next year like that? Partner with God in your dreams. Lay in bed at night. Notice, I'm not, I don't know if you've realized it, but this whole year I've not been talking to you about coming to church more, giving more, serving more. I'm talking to you about you spending time with Jesus more. You with the Lord and your home laying in your bed and you lay down and you got all the kids asleep and you're stressed out and you're like, oh my God, these kids drive me nuts. I just want to lay down. My feet hurt. Nobody touch me. I just need to be quiet. Nobody make a noise. Praise God. And you go, I need you. I need you. I don't know what to do. I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. 
I need your counsel. I need your might. I need the fear of the Lord. Can we have a conversation tonight? Can we talk to each other? Would you hear my prayer and hear my cry and let God talk to you in a dream? And don't wake up and go, it was just a dream. No, 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 it wasn't just a dream. It was the Lord himself came to you. And your heart and your devotion increased to Jesus. The point is that you move aside all of the things and the cares of this world to run after one thing, which is Jesus. And he made a decision that changed the course of history while he slept. That's getting rid of your anxiousness and fear and all these kind of things. And you focus on Jesus. Let me give you one more before we go. Go to Luke. Luke 2. This is Simeon. Many of you know the story. Simeon 22, verse 25. It says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Everybody say Simeon. Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting. What was he doing? Waiting. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Don't come to church. People come to church, they just want to rush me. Rush church, come on. We got to get out of it. Anything you rush, you'll find fault with. If you rush, if you rush church, you'll find fault with it. I promise you. If you rush your wife, you'll find fault with her. If you rush your kids, you'll find fault with them. If you rush God, you'll find fault with God. Learn to wait. Everybody say wait. I told you last week, if you want healed, by a doctor, you gotta wait. They gonna put you in a room, they got a whole room set up for it. You know what it's called? Waiting, waiting room. Welcome to the doctor, go wait. They gonna make you wait. You'll wait on a doctor, but you won't wait on the Lord. Wait, 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 just wait. We hate to wait. We hate to wait. Wait on the Lord. Everybody say, wait on the Lord. I'm single. Well, wait. I want to start a business. Wait. But I just got to the, wait. 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 The boys will come to me and say, let's go. I said, we're waiting on your mama. She can, she got a car, she, she can come. I said, <laughs> wait, I'd rather go with her than you. <laughs> See, some of y'all are ready to go and you're willing to go without God. You willing to have the relationship. You ready, but God ain't ready. Wait on it. Let it burn out of you, everything that's not like Jesus. I told you a couple weeks ago, we had two piles of wood, and one pile of wood had water in it, and the other one didn't, and when you put the pile of wood on the fire that had the water in it, it would smoke. And everybody run from the fire, because they couldn't take it. Just smoke. And when you put the wood 
in this pile you put on the fire would burn. And Nick would say, why that one burn and this one smoke? I said, because that one's been waiting for three years. It's been waiting and everything in its past life has now been taken out. Some of y'all want God to use you and you want to be thrown on the fire, but when God puts you the fire to you, you smoke and you repel people from God and you repel people from church and you repel people from what God wants to do in their life because you've not waited in his presence to burn. God, Jesus waited for 30 years and he burned for three and set the world on fire. You want to burn for, you want to wait for three and burn for 30. Wait. Just wait on the Lord. Just sit in his presence and let him burn out of you everything in you that's, that's not like him. That's where you came from. And Simeon had waited. He had waited. And the Bible says that he saw the Lord. He had a prophecy over his life. Put it on the, put it on the screen. Simeon had a prophecy over his life. Verse 26, and and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit in a vision and a dream that he would not see death before he saw the Lord. He had a prophecy. Everybody say a prophecy. Do you know what kind of life you can live if you have a prophecy over you? That means you can live without fear. He knew he couldn't die until he saw Jesus. Simeon, you got COVID. Oh, well. I ain't going to die because I ain't seen Jesus yet. Send me in the plane on turbulence. Oh, well, it ain't going down because I got a prophecy over my life. I got to see Jesus. You cannot die with a prophecy over your life. You're in fear because you have no word spoken over you. All of your children who are fearful they're fearful because they live a life in the absence of a parent that has failed to be prophetic over their life. Your voice of prophecy kills the fears. It kills the fears. If you have a single child, prophesy over them, they'll get married and watch the fear leave. If you have a child who's sick, prophesy healing over their body and watch the fear leave. If you're in poverty, prophesy over your life and watch the fear leave. Profess what you see. Prophecy. Profess what you see. And Simeon said, I cannot die till I see Jesus. And when they brought Jesus to him, he, he says, my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. But he wasn't, he didn't see a man with a sword. He didn't see a warrior king. He didn't see a military giant. He saw a baby. Because what I'm trying to get you to see is that when you are so focused, when you are so in line with the word, when you're so in line with God, the closer you are to Jesus and the word that's been spoken over your life, 
or a better way to say it is the more aware you are of why you're here. The more aware you are of why you exist and why you're alive and your purpose, the less it takes to encourage you. Because you're so focused on your purpose and your destiny. People, people who don't know their purpose, it takes so much to encourage them. They're like roller coasters of good days and bad days because they live in, they're living their life based on all these other things because when you don't spend time with Jesus, the enemy will try to distract you. And when he distracts you, he takes your attention and your affection. And in all, all honesty, the anointing is released by your affection. Your heart, your heart towards Jesus. And when your attention goes, your affection goes with it. And so does the oil. And then you realize, oh my God, that, that thing has my attention. And because it has your attention, it has your affection. And now you're not single focused. It's like, um, there's a story of uh, a sniper, an American sniper. Who, they're a very unique people group. And in, in, this, in his memoirs, he was talking about how they would cover themselves with vegetation and it would take, they would take sometimes several days to go from here to there. Just several feet could take a week because they, they, don't, they can't let their, their movement be seen. And even if they're laying on an anthill and the ants are biting them, they've trained themselves to be so focused on their purpose and why they're there that they block out the pain and they block out everything else. That may, and they can tell if a blade of grass moves or changes because they're so focused on why they're there. They're, they're so intent that even if it takes me seven days to go from here to here, if it's my purpose, so be it. That if I'm on an anthill and it's biting me, it's a part of my purpose, so be it. This is, what it. this is what I'm talking about, being so focused on what God has called you to do, being so focused on Jesus that I can wait. Being so focused on Jesus that if I go through things that are uncomfortable, I can stay committed to the, the cause to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That when he saw the Messiah, he saw a baby. Because he was so in tune with the call of God and the purpose of God, he could celebrate. And other people would miss it because they're waiting for a warrior king. And he says, no, the king is in the baby. When you are in tune with what God has called you to do, you'll see the seeds. You'll see the babies. The little things that other people miss, you'll catch it because you're locked into the purpose and the plan of God for your life. You'll start to say, you know what? I, something's different about my teenager. I feel like God's doing something in them. You know what, my husband, I can sense his heart's opening up to God. I was talking to that coworker the other day and I just could just tell they were, something was a little different about the way they were asking me about my faith. You know what that is? It's the seeds, it's the seeds. God does things in seeds. He doesn't send a warrior king, he sends a baby. God sends the things, the miracles in seed and infant form to keep fraudulent people from getting it. 
And when you are locked into what God's doing in your life, you'll see it. You know what? I just got that opening to go to that school. You know what? I, all of a sudden, I used to do that. I don't feel like hanging out with those people anymore. I just, something's different. I don't feel, I don't feel the connection that I used to have. It's just, all of a sudden, you begin to see the seeds of what God wants to do in your heart and in your life because you're locked in. And all of a sudden, you begin to say, oh my gosh, he is speaking to me. He is talking to me. Some people miss it because they're waiting for the warrior king, but because he had a prophecy when the baby came, he goes, that's the Messiah. How many of you want to walk 2024 and walk in your purpose and walk in your destiny? And how many of you want God to speak to you in visions and dreams? How many of you would love to talk to God and God talk to you and then wake up and realize God did it? All through a dream. How many of you will this year will say, I'm gonna partner with God in my dreams? Come on. How many of you would take some responsibility for the last day language of the Holy Spirit in your heart and say, 2024, I'm gonna sow into my dreams. You reap, sow into it. If you're not having dreams, if you're not reaping godly dreams, Maybe you're not sowing into it. Sow into it. And watch what God will do. And when God begins to speak to you and he shows you himself, it will change your life. It'll change your life. He came to me in a dream as a young man and it changed my life. That's what we need for our teenagers. God, sow into them. All of my teens, God, sow into them. God, please help me, Jesus, so I don't lose my mind. I can live and make it to 50 years old. Please, Jesus. Amen. Did you get something out of this today? Amen. Hey, I know that this sermon blessed your heart. I hope it's been an encouragement to you to become more like Jesus. That's our heart and that's our prayer. He's the X on the treasure map. He is the topic of heaven. Everything is all about Jesus. And I wanna encourage you, get up in the morning, spend time with him, pray, seek his heart, seek his face, and uh, see what he will do in your life. Before you go, I wanna ask you to prayerfully consider being a truth partner. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, it reminds me of Aquila and Priscilla. Who would, who would help the Apostle Paul spread the message of truth. A couple, a married couple, uh, you know, would just invest to spread the message of truth to so many hurting people. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He is truth. And you can be a truth partner today by simply texting truth partner, one word, to 53555. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the channel, click that little bell for notifications. But thank you for your generosity. So many of you give online, you give throughout the week, all over the nation. And I just wanna say thank you so much. We're using this resource to continue to get this message of truth out to so many broken and hurting people. And uh, we wanna be a blessing to you. And so let us know how we can pray for you. You know, comment below. There's a lot of resources on uh, my website uh, that are available to you. 
but we want you to know how much we love you. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for being a truth partner. We'll see you back on the channel real soon.